0: All right, today we have Robin Fisher on. Robin is a friend and a fellow writer. We met in a writing retreat, um, a virtual one at the beginning of COVID. Mm -hmm. Robin is, like I said, a writer. She is a songwriter. She's a Mm -hmm. singer. She is a (laughs) self-described pilgrim, not like a pilgrim in a colonial Williamsburg reenactment. She is a pilgrim. (laughs) And then she's walked the Camino de Santiago in Mm -hmm. Spain. So we'll hear about that. Robin's had a few pivots in her life. And I thought her story was interesting because her first pivot, her first major pivot was not um, something she chose. She, as she describes it, she didn't have the luxury of, um, of deciding that she wanted a change in her life and, you know, listening to podcasts and reading self-help books and just deciding, I want something different. Life happened to her. Um, in a, in a sort, form of a crisis. So Robin, welcome. Great.
1: Oh, hi. Oh, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me, Hope. This is great.
0: Thank this you. Is great. Yeah. And, and Robin, I hate to start with um, the crisis, but I think the that, <laughs> I think that is sort of the beginning of, um, of one of your journeys. Yeah. So that was back in 2015. Will you walk us through sort of what your life looked like at that point? Okay. Um,
1: I'd love to. So I, at that time, I I was teaching high school. I was a high school English teacher. And I was also the advisor for the student publication. So I had a big, like the teaching job was big. It was a lot of responsibility. Then right around 2013, I moved my mother to be closer to care for her. She had dementia. In 2015, um, she passed away. But all at the same time that I was like juggling mom and my job, my husband had this sort of undiagnosed um, list of problems, this undiagnosed disease going on. He was just—we struggled for years to kind of figure out what was going on. This exhaustion, and I'm not going to go into all of it. But in 2015, he had stopped driving, and I was juggling mom, and I was juggling school, and I had people coming to reach him. I was. It was kind of crazy making. It was like, I, at that time, I would be grading papers at two in the morning because it was the only time I had. So there was wow. like no sleep. Um, and then my mom died in December of 2015, four years ago.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then a month later, my husband had a crisis that landed him in the hospital. So that, that was the crisis we're talking, the, the big crisis we're talking about. So I was, I was already juggling a lot of stuff. Yeah. And he, he, what happened in the hospital, what happened is he left the hospital needing 24-7 care
0: period. 24-7 like I, care.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And he really did. He came. Um, it was just clear that I couldn't leave him alone when I was working. And it was starting to look like that in the fall. And I had friends coming to see him. He had been, he had been officially diagnosed that January with Lewy body dementia. Wow. So um, we, we had figured there was something in the Parkinson. It's, it's, it's a disease that is, um, it, it's a Parkinsonian disease, a neurological yeah. disease, but it affects cognition and, and your muscles both. It, mm-hmm. it affects everything. You're mostly, it isn't really, it isn't a, like a forgetting disease like Alzheimer's kind of dementia, but it's um, more of a loss of executive functioning kind of. Yeah. And my husband was a PhD in English. He was a writer. He was a brilliant man. Um, and little things would happen. And he was also a musician, a really great Singer, a really great singer songwriter um
0: so you were going to take care of him yourself Mm -hmm. or were you gonna have to hire somebody well I um
1: I took care of him myself I have we had a lot of support though so I'm not I'm not gonna you know I'm gonna be honest about that when I needed to go for a walk somebody would come and sit with him or lots of friends who wanted to help um and that our community i relied i i relied on my community that's the truth of it mm-hmm. you know um i it was very much an act of faith when i look back on that moment the what i was what i needed to do was was clear it was clear i had to quit working i looking back i see well i could have made other choices i could have found a home i could have hired a caregiver i could have kept working you know i mean looking mm-hmm. but in that moment, not, those were not options yeah I knew for one thing I knew intuitively I didn't know very much about the disease that he had I mean I, we've been try, we've been on a journey of trying to get him diagnosed trying to figure out what was wrong with with him with his exhaustion and stuff um for a couple of years
0: actually um so it reached the point where you had to you quit teaching and you were home with Bill
1: yeah, I, I knew
0: intuitively what
1: I, what I meant to say is I knew intuitively that it, I didn't have that much more time with him. Yeah. It, it wasn't that anybody told me that the doctors mm-hmm. didn't say I didn't, they didn't really help me with, with those kind of decisions, but I knew intuitively that this was the end and I wanted, and this was it. I needed to be with him. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It was, it was super clear and it was a leap of faith. I didn't know how we were going to afford. We didn't, it's not like we had a ton of savings. Mm-hmm. Um, but what happened is my mom passed away a month before I went on leave from my job and she, there was a a modest inheritance that was like, it was like a big message from the universe. It was like God saying, here, you're, you know what to do. Just, you don't have to worry about anything. We don't have to worry about the bills. They're, They're, they're cared for. And so that's, that's what happened. I took the leap of faith and it was the right, absolutely the right decision, you know? And you've Um, said before, crisis is a teacher. It is a formidable teacher. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Absolutely. When it comes along, it has a message for you. I truly believe that I lived through it. So, and
0: and that's part of what you've written a memoir,
1: right? Yes. Um, and the, yes, I have a book, um, I wrote a memoir. I, it's called. It's it's not out yet. I'm still looking for um a, I'm still looking for, um, a home for it, a publisher for it. But it's it's titled, you uh, you remind me who I am, which mm-hmm. is something that Bill told me, while I was caring for him during those two years, during specifically that starting that January 2016 that year and a half. I wrote um I wrote little journal pieces about what was going on and let friends Mm -hmm. and family know what was happening. And I would, these little, these little updates turned into essays is what happened. Wow. And, and I would read to him and he would say, sometimes I, I feel like I don't know who I am and, and you remind me who I am with your, with your writing. So the, so the positive feedback I was getting from my friends who would read and my, husband who it just, it helped ground him in reality because this disease, it, it, there's a lot of hallucinations. You don't know where you are. He would ask me every day, where are yeah. we? Um, we were extremely close. We, if there's, if there's such a thing as soulmates, we were, there's no doubt. We were together over 20 years. He trusted me, which, which is huge because when you're, real, when you're living in, in, in dementia and your reality is different from Mm -hmm. You You have to have a point person you can trust. You know, I was his, I was his, right. I was his um, foundation in reality. So, so what happened is I, I, when he, when he passed away, you know, I had all of these essays that Mm -hmm. I started to put together. They became chapters and I kind of made the decision while I was doing the writing that there was a book here. Wow. And after after he died, I started adding in the backstory, our love story, our, you know, our life. And, um, and that's what happened. Actually, I went to, after he died, I did a little bit of travel. I knew I wasn't ready to go back to work. You know, yeah. I really only had, I really only had a few hours worth of activity in me at that point. I was just, I needed to rest. Yeah, when
0: everybody needed that,
1: Whenever, whenever I pushed myself too much, whenever I start to feel better and push myself too much, my body would rebel. I mean, it, it was very clear that I needed to take care of my body. Um, so I, I started walking, started hiking. I've been, I've been an avid hiker my whole life and backpacker, and not probably as much when I was raising my kids. But it was like that was another thing that I did was was walk my dad was an avid hiker and walker and his voice was loud in my head go on a long walk go on a long walk mm-hmm. so after bill died I, I did a little travel came here came to maui where i am now i have family here um, for a little bit just to just to have some warmth and get in the warm water and that was very healing um i went to mexico to a writing conference yeah <laughs> and brought a little piece of my brought a little piece of my memoir i met um, Nadine, who who I hired to be my coach, and she coached me through finishing my memoir.
0: Um, and y'all then, heard about Nadine in an earlier episode with Michelle Rado. And right. We'll right. Nadine on the podcast, too. Yeah, you need to get her <laughs> on here. Right.
1: Um, and then I walked the Camino, and that's a 500 mile, 800 kilometer walk across northern Spain. It's an ancient pilgrimage. That's why I call, that's what we call ourselves pilgrims. It's a pilgrimage. Yeah.
0: Medieval, like you, know. you, you said oh, that ahead. so casually, you're just like, and then I walked the Camino <laughs> just 500 miles. How long does that take? Um, it took me and, and everybody's different.
1: You know, um, it took, I walked 12 to 15 miles a day. Yeah. Every, every day I took one day off to rest. One day I had a blister and I rested and I, and there was one day that I did like a short day it was just a short, mm-hmm. um, and one day I took off. So that, and,
0: and actually that was cause I wanted to explore the town too. Robin, I love that a physical journey was part of your real journey yeah. and it sounds like it was very healing too. And it's become a thread that you have woven into your life because now you write about pilgrimages and and walking and your podcast is about walking right it is i have a podcast called a long walk and i have a, i
1: have one episode up there and i have some more in the can that i'll get out soon and it's really and that's what it's about it's about walking for healing you know and for some people that's walking up the block and back and for some people that's walking across a whole country and it's i i think for me so what what they say about the pilgrimage is it happens in three stages in thirds mm-hmm. okay so in the first part breaks down your body you get up every day and you don't want to get up it's so exhausting, you know especially then my exhaustion was so deep yeah like getting my body out of bed and walking that was a, that was a physical challenge there's this physical challenge mm-hmm. the second So you get through and, and, and the, and the the whole thing, you know, there's, there's 500 miles. So the, so there's a third, it could be linear. It could be not linear, but once you're, once you kind of get into a groove Mm -hmm. then this sort of the second part of the pilgrimage is really the, the, your mind and your emotions. It's totally happened that way for me. I'm walking. I'm i I'm think I'm not thinking about my anxiety and my grief and I am, but mostly Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about my knees and my feet and my back. Right. And my body and I'm hungry and I need to drink some water or or whatever it is. I'm thinking about my physical body. It pulls me away from those, those crazy, the crazy making emotions. Mm -hmm. So, but the second half, your body is, is used to this somewhat. And now the emotions bubble up. And for me, Mm -hmm. what came up was, was forgiveness. Um, I think I was pretty much in, in an anger phase when I started of the, of the grieving process, another journey that isn't necessarily linear, but yeah, but I was angry, you know, and I wasn't, you know, it's the funny thing about it too. The dumb thing about it, I wasn't angry at Bill for dying. I was angry at him because I ha- hadn't had any dreams about it. <laughs> he hadn't come back to yeah. visit me. It was, it's that magical thinking. I was like, where are you? You yeah, really are totally gone. That. God, there's this, just this re, re this reality. Cause he's alive in my memories, alive in, in his music. But then this reality hits you that he's not here. He's yeah. just so gone. So I was dealing with forgiveness. I was forgiving myself maybe for, because you start, you think back, you think back about you, the way you cared for this man. And mm-hmm. you and think back about how there were times I was impatient, especially when we were, didn't know what was wrong with them. And yeah, just a lot of self-forgiveness. Um, he was, he was my second husband. I was married once before and i even that stuff came up from my first marriage forgiveness of that young woman that got married too soon and to the wrong guy you know
0: all this is while you're walking all you're this kind is of processing I, this
1: oh my gosh i'm processing so much so this is the spiritual i mean this is the mental emotional part yeah then the then that third part you're wide open your body is stronger your emotions are wide open and that is when you know the miracle is supposed to happen. That's when the spiritual healing happens. Wow. And, and, and it just so happens that two thirds of the way on the trip is the cruise to Pharaoh. It's this tall iron cross mm-hmm. that traditionally you bring a rock from home and that symbolizes your burdens. And that's where you place it down. And it just happens to be two thirds of the way on the trip, you know? Oh, perfect. perfect. And so, so, but the other thing about the Camino, the, the big lesson that I came back with is 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 the simple life like i when i'm on the trail i am i have everything i need Mm -hmm. i need three pairs of underwear and good shoes you know it's just it's like what are those things that you really need connection with people there's a lot of social there's a bit of social on the camino you can walk alone you can walk with friends um but but i have been thinking and studying the message of the Camino and I know I don't want to go back to that harried life that I had
0: I can't yeah
1: it sounds like you
0: changed while you were on the trail do you feel like you came back a different person
1: in some ways yeah in some ways yeah I yeah um maybe a little more mm, a little more free Mm -hmm. maybe or at least that desire to stay that way, like there's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a mountaintop experience, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's, it's kind of a peak experience, you finish that Camino, I mean, I cry, you get it, you get a diploma, (laughs) they call it the (laughs) Compostela, the Compostela, and they, it's this medieval, you know, the ancient looking writing, they actually give you this piece of paper, they ask you your name, you write it down, how many miles did you walk, you write it down, um, and I like, I cried when this young woman wrote my name down on
0: the paper. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> And it's the journey you describe. I think so many of us go through that on our lives, in our lives. And you went through it in such a physical, acute way. And yes. it's, it's just, it's so symbolic of, of the journey we all go on. It's a metaphor for our life. It absolutely
1: is. It absolutely is. And for me, it was a big part of my healing and grieving, but it was just the start. You know, it was the beginning and of my my new life, I guess, my
0: new chapter. How did you, once you got back, what were some steps? Did you feel stuck at that point when you got back? Like, what do I do now? Do I return to teaching or how did you find the next step?
1: I did. What, what happened is I, I came back and I I knew I wasn't ready to go back to work full time. And I thought, well, I will, um, this is what I did. I, I, I got my paperwork together to become a substitute teacher, Mm -hmm. but I never took a job. Every time a job came up and it comes up online and you, you can plan ahead and pick the jobs you want perfect for me, right? A little bit of money back yeah. in the class, big toe back in the classroom for, and flexibility. I can take the jobs I want. I don't have to take the jobs I don't want. Mm-hmm. But every time a job came up, I had, I, I had an anxiety attack. That's a sign. <laughs> and it was like, okay now. So I, I eventually like just put that aside and I knew I needed to write my book. You know, that was kind of, I, that, that was the push. I call it the push because that's what it felt like.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I actually felt a physical <laughs> push on my head and my back. It was like kind of from above. And it's like, it's just this physical thing pushing on me. And There's and, and, Bill. <laughs> and I'm like, sit at the computer. And when I would kind of have this sort of grief inspired, inspired, what a word, um, anxiety. If I would sit down at the computer, it pulled me out of my grief. It's like, wow. I, all of a sudden I'm the observer. I'm, I'm writing, a, I'm, I'm not in this crazy emotion. So, yeah. So what I did is I went to, I, I went to, to California to some friends who offered me a place just to, just a little retreat. I had a little mm-hmm. writing retreat, a little writing and yoga retreat there. It was really great. And just for, that was only a couple of weeks. I had to come back. I had a responsibility back here. I was um, also at all of this is that I ran the music program for our local unity church. So I kind of got back into doing that after I got back from the Camino. And it was too soon, to be honest. I did it for a while, but I came back cause I had a responsibility and I and I walked into my house after being gone and I walked into the front door and I went, I don't wanna be here. I don't want yeah. this life. I don't want this house. I don't want the res- anything. So I, that started churning. I. I finished out my responsibility with the church. I started, um, I started the process of of selling my house. Um, there's another thing. There's another part of the story I haven't shared with you, and that is that another really good friend of mine passed away during this time. She was, yeah. she was um, almost the punctuation on my relationship with Bill because she was our music producer. We put out a couple of albums together she was a a spiritual and a, and a, um, and a musical mentor. And Mm -hmm. I would go up and see her during, during that time that I was, that I was back from the Camino. I went up to see her probably six months every week for a couple of days. I brought all my own stuff i brought my own sleeping bag my own everything i didn't want her to feel like she had to take care of me she's kind of that kind of person she's a hospitality Mm -hmm. person it's like i'm bringing my own food i'm bringing my own everything i'm just here to hang out with you and we became a bereavement group of two because she had lost her husband the year before bill had died so what had happened is when she passed away in the following january I was, I was done with the church. I was done with my house and I immediately like sold my house. So Mm -hmm. it was right. It was like, I'm done everything. It was almost like, that was like the end of that chapter. So I sold my house. I went back to my friends in um, California to finish my book. And that was it. It was the push in the book. Anything that took me away from that, I felt, I felt anxiety. I felt the pushback. So I finished the book. That's what I did. I spent six weeks I didn't come back until I was done. So I, I have some stuff in storage, and I started my life as kind of a vagabond at that
0: point. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, let's see what what else? Um, so, so you've taken these steps up until this point and then did you find yourself saying I feel free or did you feel more lost at that point? Like I need to figure out what my next step is. I, I think both.
1: I think, um, I feel the pull to be with family. I feel the pull to walk the trails. I feel the need to start creating an income again. And so uh, there were like all these different things pulling me a little bit. Mm-hmm. And and I, f- I felt scattered. So I I don't know if that quite answers your question, but I did. And what I did was I um okay, so where are we in the in time frame? I guess I I'm thinking I'm specifically thinking about this past year with the pandemic because yeah. I had planned on um let me think i i had i had planned on um going back to spain to volunteer
0: oh, and really? walk
1: somewhere i was supposed to do that in september um and the pandemic hit and my daughter asked me to come and stay with them and, and do child care during the summer so so you became a nanny I became a nanny for, I was the granny nanny for
0: about five months. (laughs) Uh And that's when I met you and you were, yeah, I would say you were seeking, you were seeking like, am I supposed to be a writer? Am I supposed to start a podcast? Can you tell us about that
1: path? Yeah. Well, and stepping back a little bit, I had gone to another writing conference. I had gone to three different ones since Bill died. I went to one in New York in New York, uh-huh. in the, the following, the September before the pandemic hit. Yeah. So in September, I was in New York. I, um, it's kind of funny because I did this 50-mile backpack trip the week before. Then I'm walking all over New York. I saw blisters on my feet. It, it was a really exciting time kind of for me because this was a, a pitch, pitch conference. And I met another really uh, wonderful group of women writers, most who write fiction, but some memoirs. And we, we honed our pitch. It was almost like a four-day masterclass.
0: Uh-huh.
1: And, and we met with agents. And one of the agents said to me, nobody, probably you're not going to get a book deal until you have uh, an online presence. And so that's the point with the uh, platform building, right? Okay. So that's when, so I came back from that. I, I did a little, I did some work to, to um, renew my teaching credential to keep that alive. So that took a little bit of time, and then I signed up for the class, and that's when I met. And then the pandemic hit. So now I'm I'm watching um, watching my son every day, doing the doing the class on Sunday Your morning.
0: My
1: grandson. My yeah. grandson. My grandson. Thank you for correcting. Mm-hmm. And I was walking every day. I was, and it was during this time too that I lost more weight. I lost some weight on the Camino. I gained it a little bit back. I lost another twenty pounds. Just and really, and I'm back again on the Camino in a way at the beginning, working on my healthy body. It's kind of interesting. It's like a spiral and taking care of Henry. We are outside playing every day. We are, I'm watching what I eat. We are taking walks every day and, and I'm listening to podcasts and I'm reading self-help books and trying to figure out what direction it would be best, right? So I
0: tried a lot of stuff. You know, I've heard you say, action creates clarity, right? But you had a lot of action, Robin. Every time I talk to Robin, she's like, "I signed up for this. I had, I did, signed up for this. did." And
1: I had okay. I actually had an aha just like last
0: week. Yeah, a few days me.
1: ago. Even it was like this so obvious that push. You know that every time I like would go in a different direction and have this little anxiety and have this freak out, the push would push me back. Uh And that happened to me in the middle of the night. (laughs) I woke up and it was just so obvious that I was getting, I'm not going to say off track, but just that my was losing my focus. And I have to be honest with you, Hope, that your podcast was part of what got me the aha, because I could see how focused you were. And it was like, man, what am I (laughs) what should i focus on it's true it was like okay you have lost sight of the fact that you are that you are working on your book my book has it's in the final revision phase stage i have a list of things i want to do with it it's time to get back to that rather than okay yes i signed up for a course on how to be an e-commerce person i signed up for a course on pitching i signed up for a cor- course on how to make money as a blogger i'm still like i read all these all these books on you know how to focus, how to make money, how to be an artist,
0: how to be a creative. <laughs> yeah. Like, Do you think you were procrastinating? Like you were I, just. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and yet,
1: I learned a lot in the process. So mm-hmm. so it brought it was it was the peak I climbed and looked out and saw. Oh, I really need to be over there. But help me see. It helped me see from other perspectives, and I that's always that. good.
0: I think that's always good. I think so. I One think, of the Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think that's a lesson in, I do always talk about follow your curiosity and try this yeah. and try that, but there's a big, but you can definitely overdo it. And if you put yeah. too many things in front of you, you're not going to see the thing that matters the most. And so right. I love that you had the dream about, or you woke it, up in the middle of the night and. It was so clear. It, the push yeah. was just back. It's
1: like, you forgot what you were you forgot the point and it's true i i kind of had i had gotten mixed i had gotten um lost in the details
0: yeah you know so what were you gonna say
1: oh i was gonna say that one of the podcasts i listened to and one and you had asked me about that earlier like um before we before before we started this interview Mm -hmm. You 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 had asked me about what books and podcasts um, and one of the one of the people that I, I stumbled upon is the is the Good Life podcast, mm-hmm. Jonathan Fields. And he had interviewed Light Watkins, the meditation teacher.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And there was a teaching that he said, there's a Vedic teaching that says if you have a choice between the status quo and the unknown, the safest place is the unknown. And the more you pick that path, the more comfortable you will be outside of your comfort zone because over here in status quo because nothing stays the same mm-hmm. and nothing stays the same so if you're over here in the status quo you're going to try to keep things the way they are well the world the world is going to butt up against it there's going to be friction the resistance is what's going to drive you crazy mm-hmm. and it was like the like a really good teaching
0: because that that's what i need to do yeah. and That's what you've avoided, I guess, and and that's exactly what you need to do. What I'm really comfortable is in school, taking classes, taking courses. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Putting off the real action. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, I was I'm way more comfortable in taking classes. In fact, I was not going to start a podcast until I took another course on how to start (laughs) a podcast, and I was on the phone with um a lady who's sort of coaching me in this and she said, publish them right now. (laughs) And I said, right, what do you mean right now? She's like, let me watch you like do it while we're on the phone because I already had Mm -hmm. them done. And oh gosh, that was scary. But you know, it's good. It's good to take the steps into the unknown. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And Robin, you were talking about the word recharting and how that applies to your life.
1: I I love the title of your podcast, Hope, because recharting your life. I love the ing on there. Because you could have called it rechart your life, but you didn't. You called it recharting. And the the implication there is that it's constantly happening. Mm -hmm. You know, it's motion. We're constantly doing that. And we have to. It's like I may I took that big leap of faith. I've done hard things. I took care of my husband. I was with him every moment. You know, a lot of people say I couldn't have done that. And you know, it was clearly the thing I needed to do at the time. And I learned that I have a caregiving bone. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, the process. And, that, and then I step back and I have anxiety over hard things. And I'm like, okay, go back and remember your, you know, it's always doing this. You know, I did that, mm-hmm. okay, but now that isn't, that's just a time, a season, a chapter. We're gonna rechart over here. I just feel like we're constantly steering we're yeah. constantly moving i guess
0: yeah waves are constantly knocking against us trying to change our course and yeah yeah so Absolutely. what so if you look ahead i know we can't predict the future but what do you see what are you moving towards okay are you excited about um you know that i don't see very far in the future
1: that's that's something that scared me in the beginning of this grieving Mm -hmm. process. I mean, in the beginning, it was a day at a time, a week Mm -hmm. at a time, then it became a season at a time. So right now I'm spending the season of winter, the literal winter season with my family in Maui, which is a pretty blessed place to be. Um, And then I will go back in February where I have another grandbaby coming. Oh, so, and Robin
0: is not old. She's talking about grandbabies like she's a.
1: <laughs> I'm 56. Okay, <laughs> I'm 56 years old. Um, I have three children, and one is married with children. My other two kids are partnered but not married, and have no kids. So, um, but I have a grandbaby coming at the end of February. So I hope to, to I hope that the pandemic doesn't make it. I mean, I'm going to do whatever I have to do, isolate yeah. whatever, so that I can be there for my daughter uh-huh. um i do have a plan to walk the arizona trail next year yeah um and the arizona trail is a trail that goes from mexico to utah oh wow the desert of uh through the desert of arizona and through the grand canyon i grew up backpacking in those deserts um my father who died in 99 was was a part of getting this trail built and and connected Wow. And he died before it was done. And it's done now. And it's been done for quite a few years. And it's it's I'm feeling a big push to to walk that trail. And also continuing with my writing and getting getting that out there as well. So that's the plan. Grandma yeah.
0: writing book and the Arizona Trail for next year. Yeah, so. exactly. You can't plan it out, but that's your <laughs> that's your goal. Um, What would you tell anybody who finds themselves in a, maybe they're in the middle of a crisis right now and life is happening to them. They didn't choose this, but they're going to have to pivot. Do you have any advice for people that are going through that? I would, I would say to, to,
1: even though it's hard, find some moments of quiet, you know, find some moments of quiet and absolutely trust yourself and that inner guidance, because it will absolutely tell you what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Think that we can just go crazy because we hear it, but we, we say, what do you mean quit my job? What do you mean I have to do this, this, whatever? I think that we fight against that inner voice sometimes because we know better. Mm-hmm. And I would say, let it go. Let's, yeah. you know, if we're going to use it in religious terms, let go and let God, because absolutely
0: it will be your guide you know yeah another way to to think of that is leave the how up to god
1: yes <laughs> yes that that was actually that was part of my little aha my recent aha was like you're trying to figure out the how you're you know how can i get this done and you're scattered it's like focus focus so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> Well, yeah. I can't
0: wait to see where life takes you next. And I look forward to reading your memoir. Mm. Tell us your website. Is that where we can find all the all the Robin things? There's a, yes, that is. My website is my name
1: and it's Robin Paso Fisher. And I spell my name with a Y, R-O-B-Y-N. Passo is my maiden name. It's P-A-S as in Sam, S-S-O-W. And my last name Fisher with no C. So robinpassofisher.com. I have music up there. I have writings. I have, um,
0: links to other things too. So you're so talented. Y'all should listen to her music. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for, thank you for sharing your story. I know it's, it's not easy at Christmas to go back and talk about a painful time, but I hope your story is, um, helpful to others who may be going through it or who may go through it in the future.
1: Yeah. Yeah. uh, Well, you're welcome. And thank you for having me. It's, um, you know, the most personal stories, honestly, are the most universal. So Mm -hmm. it's a good thing to get them out there, I think.
0: So well, thank you for sharing. Thank you. This has been a blast. And I love your podcast. Hope. thanks, Robin. Thank you for choosing to listen to this podcast, Recharting Your Life with Hope. Everything I discuss in this show reflects my own views and opinions and not those of my employer. Although I'm a physician assistant in my real life, any advice or tips you hear on this show should not be used as medical advice. If you like what you hear, come on over to hopethepa.com or follow me on Instagram at hopethepa.